Before we begin, I'm happy to announce the release of my newest book, Conscious Conduit, A Dowser's Guide to the Business of Ascension. This book is a new addition to my first book released in 2018. In this revised and expanded edition, I go into more detail about how you can use dowsing to expand your own consciousness, improve your life, and how to turn your dowsing hobby into a thriving business. The book is available in print or ebook form and retails for only $9.99. I'll be bringing copies with me whenever I make personal appearances, but you can get your own copy today at Amazon.com. And now, for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes with your host, Bill G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth-dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to our podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the High Vibes podcast. I'm Jamie Westrom filling in for Bill G, because Bill G is our interviewee today, and we're going to get to hear from him about his book, Conscious Conduit. So welcome, Bill, to your own show. Yay! Hi, it's great to see you. <laughs> great to see you, too. So I just started um, reading your book this past week, and I love it, um, and I'm so excited for the opportunity to talk to you about it. And hear how this came about for you. This is a revised edition from what I understand. Is that correct? That is correct. The, uh, the first edition of the book came out in 2018. So this is a revised and expanded edition. Um, I kept the same number of chapters, the same basic topics, but a lot has happened in the last four years. I've expanded, I've learned some stuff. And uh, the first book was about 41,000 words, and this one ended up being about 53,000 words. So a lot of new information. And my main goal for the book was to actually make it more accessible to a general audience. And also, when I wrote the book way back uh, in 2018, I uh, was mostly a uh, spiritual response therapy um that you know that was my shtick was the uh the spiritual response therapy but since then i've developed new protocols and new uh new ways of uh, thinking about things and then so i wanted the book to uh kind of reflect that and uh, make it more accessible to anyone who's interested in dowsing and not just uh spiritual response therapy people great so for those people that are maybe tuning in for the first time or who don't know you um, you are an Akashic dowser and other things too, which maybe you want to get into your background a little bit, but that seems to be the influence or the inspiration for this book. While it's not necessarily a guide to Akashic dowsing, that seems to be where your inspiration has come from to put your pen to paper, so to speak. Absolutely. And actually, I, I consider this a downloaded or channeled work in the sense that I approached each chapter with my pendulum in hand and my charts at the ready, because this is a, a broad topic. It's the a dowser's guide to the business of ascension, which is uh, it can encompass many, many, many different things. And so what I did was I would first ask 
spirit or ask my high self for a topic. And then I would go to the various charts and it would indicate where I should be focusing on each chapter. And then at that point, a pattern would emerge. And then I would just uh, do some automatic writing. And uh, then later on, I would do my editing and whatever. But it was primarily focused on channeling what spirit felt was the was the focus of what the reader would want to learn. These are all terms that we're familiar with, but just um, for a general audience, can you talk a little bit about what the Akashic Records are? The Akashic Records is the repository of soul knowledge. It's basically the knowledge of every Thing that you have ever done in any lifetime accumulated in one particular place that your high self has access to. So if you have any questions about something that's happening in your life or something that, or choice that you have to make and you need clarification of, have I done this before? Or is this something I need to be paying attention to? You can use dowsing to contact your high self who then has the keys to the Akashic record and you just imagine this, this ginormous library that has everything about you in it. And then your uh, high self reveals to you what is in your Akashic record, what is in that deep, deep subconscious record that is going to help provide you with enough information in order to make a better informed decision about your life. So, and dowsing is the way that you tap into that or that you kind of help people bridge that gap where they can get to figure out how to access those, that information and ask the right questions. That's correct. correct. And the reason why I find that dowsing works so well doing that is because when you do your preparation or prep to work correctly, and you've let go of the ego, and you are simply connected to needing to find the answer without any real strong emotional attachment to it, you're going to get the right answers. And the way that that dowsing works once you've made that connection is that it bypasses the ego. Because if we simply picked up our dowser and asked a question while still being emotionally attached to the answer or emotionally attached to the outcome, what we're going to get is our ego answering the question and not our high self. We need to connect to the high self we need to let go of expectation and simply allow the answer to come as opposed to trying to force it. Or uh, and a, a great example of this I put in the book is, you know, imagine that you are trying to choose between an expensive sports car or the sensible sedan. And you really, really love sports cars. Well, picking up your dowser is not going to help you out very much there because if you have a strong emotional attachment to really getting that sports car, your dowser is going to indicate that, yes, go and get that sports car when it could be possibly the absolute wrong decision. So for that, you need to either go through a deep uh, prep to work or get somebody else to ask the question for you, because sometimes uh, we're too emotionally attached to the outcome and then we have to get the help of somebody else. So that's often when it's good to find a practitioner that you can work with that can be objective, right? Absolutely. So I just want to go back. We touched on this just briefly already, but um, you know, you wrote this book by channeling your higher self 
using your own Akashic dowsing techniques, using um, a pendulum, doing automatic writing. Can you share a little bit, bit more with us about that process and how, um, how that started, what inspired you and um, what that was like? Well, how it all started is that I very much wanted to write a book. I've, I've actually wanted to write a book for a long time. And especially since I started doing Akashic dowsing for clients, I was like, wow, you know, a, a lot of good things, a lot of good advice has been coming up. And but every time I would sit down to actually write this book, it came off as overly preachy. It came off as ego driven. And I would have to, I would write a chapter. I'd show it to my wife, Nina. She'd say, this is crap. And then I'd read, I'd read it myself. And yeah, yeah, that's crap. And so I'd have to throw out that chapter and throw out that chapter. I mean, I had a lot of false starts before I even got started with the book. And then I had the bright idea, hey, I'm already using this tool, this dowsing tool to help my clients. I can use this dowsing tool to help myself. And so I broke out my charts and started doing the dowsing, understanding that this chapter needs to be about prep to work. This chapter needs to be about connecting to your highest self. And when I wrote it from the perspective of the ego, it, comes, it doesn't come out right. But when I write it from the perspective of high self, it came out much, much better. And I would often re- go back and read it afterwards and I'm like wow did I say that that's it's that's very good clear <laughs> that's yes, pretty good stuff I, I, I had no idea I was that good of a writer but the thing is the the bottom line is I can't take full credit for writing it I'm, I may have polished it but uh, the the messages are definitely coming from myself yeah, and they're very clear and you're explaining some very complicated subject matter which I stumble on a lot with my clients and you just, the words just flow on your paper and it's great to read. So um, one of the things you say in the book is that um, it's meant to be a roadmap for conscious expansion. What does the process of conscious consciousness expansion look like? What does it feel like? What is someone to expect from stepping onto that path? Absolutely not an easy path. Consciousness expansion, just to take a step back on that, humanity is in a process of consciousness expansion. And in order for us to get to that next level, that next expansion, it requires us to take a very hard look at our patterns and our constructs and our shadows that have informed us up until this point, which are not serving us anymore. They are actually uh, causing uh, more grief and pain than we ever realized. And so the process of consciousness expansion is painful, it's ugly, but extraordinarily rewarding in that once you can get past the ego, once you can get past those constructs, you realize that you actually are a conscious creator of your own reality and that you can bypass a lot of those dramas and a lot of those hangups that have prevented you from living an expansive, happy life up until this point. Because up till now, most people before they make the choice to consciously expand are simply going through the motions. They're going through 
family trauma, they're going through family training, or they're going through societal training if they don't have, have that family training to fall back on. So they learn through the TV, they learn how to be in the world by reading books, reading the newspaper, and all these things that are in our education systems, a great example of this too. It creates this construct of how to be in the world, which is extremely inauthentic to what we are, which is loving beings who are capable of connecting to source. Because society teaches us to keep our distance from that as far as possible, that we have to stay practical, we have to stay grounded, we have to stay within our bubble of training, consciousness expansion takes those paradigms and turns them on their heads, which is extremely painful. It because everything you ever believed to be about yourself now comes into question. And you now are in a position that you need to create something new, which is great. That's a good thing because once you create it and you got an expansive life experience, you realize that you got better relationships, you have a better career, a career that you actually love instead of just punching in and punching out and just phoning it in every day. And that's what I want to teach people with this tool. And I, this is what I want to show people with this book. If you read this book, it will give you some of those tools to, for your own consciousness expansion. Okay. So yeah, there's a quote in the book that I wanted I'm going to kind of skip ahead to this because this is what you're touching on right now, but I'd like to read this, this section from the book and have you respond to it. So you said, one of the first things you realize when you become an energy healing practitioner is that although the work is transformational on an individual level, there is also an inner need to share the work in order to help bring about humanity's reconnection to source. In order to accomplish this, the practitioner must attune themselves to being the conduit for high self with minimal effort, but maximum benefit for both themselves and for the people and our clients they are working with. Mm. What a powerful statement that is. And it so rang true for me. And I was thinking while reading the book, you know, who is the Who's the target audience for this book? Is it the experienced practitioner? Is it someone that's taking their first step on a healing journey for themselves? And really it has information in it that's relevant to all of those different spots on your path, right? That's that's how I felt. Oh, absolutely. The, like the, the first part of the book is just how to use the tool to help improve your life. The second part of the book is, okay, I understand the tool now. Now I want to share it with other people. And that, that's where that quote comes from. It's taking that, that skill that you now have, that connection that you have. And now, now you have to share it. And you share it with love. You share it without any expectation of reward. And we can do that work and earn a living at the same time, which is what the second part of the book is about. It's about, all right, now that I've got this skill, how do I turn it into a workable business model that I can, I can actually earn a living with? So that way I get to do this all the time, because wouldn't that be great? Because the first 10 years of being an SRT practitioner, 
I was doing the work on myself and I was doing it on friends, but I was also in the middle of the corporate world. I was, you know, 15 years in the corporate world and I was miserable doing the corporate world stuff. And I was like, gosh, I want to do this all the time. I want to help people all the time because this is one of the greatest joys of my life. And that is one of the inspirations that I had to write this book. It was like, okay, well, I need to research this. I need to figure out how to do this. And once I did, I was like, oh, well, now that I know how, I better just go and do it. And I did, which is great. You know, it's now uh, five years uh, that Vital Bioenergetics has been up and running and uh, I could not be happier. And then the third part of the book is now that you've got your business together, these are the types of people you're going to come and see, not just people who are on a similar journey to you, but people who are, who need help, who need your assistance. And this, these are the types of people you're going to find. So it's more of a practitioner's guide at that point. So who's the target market? The target market is anybody who is on this journey whether you are picking up a pendulum for the first time or you just took a dowsing course and you're like, wow, this is a whole new world's been opened up to me. What can I do with this world? You know, or like I saw a, a, a practitioner and this person really helped me out. I want to learn how to do this. I want to be able to build my own practice. And do I need a certification? Do I need a, uh, what, what direction I go into? And the thing is, there's no wrong answer here. You build a practice based on where your strengths are. Uh, my practice is very different from your practice and other people's practices are based more on like an entertainment model or a, some people's practices are based on a one-on-one -on -one practitioner model. Some people prefer group settings. Some people prefer more hands-on. Some people are more hands-off. It really comes down to whatever your comfort level is and you can make it into a successful business. And I have people ask me all the time in my practice, oh, this is so cool what you do. Where did you learn this? How do I do this? And we learn often comes from lots and lots of different places and just being on the path and seeking and reading books and going to different conferences. And there isn't really a one, one right way to, to mm -hmm. go down the path, but definitely feel your book is a great place for people to start that are having those beginning questions or have started taking some classes. Maybe they went to massage school or took a Reiki class and they're starting to ask questions. And um, certainly you kind of lay things out very systematically and simply and, and have sort of a path that can be followed. Um, Absolutely. And I actually started out my career as a Reiki practitioner and a Reiki master teacher. And so I did that for a little while and the reason why I went to spiritual response therapy is I just needed a better tool or I just needed a different tool. And after doing spiritual response therapy for 10 years, then I was like, okay, I need another tool here because the spiritual response therapy tools are great, but now I need another tool because, which was the, the time temple charts. I needed something that is going to give me a coordinate in space time and something that works more on biogeometry as opposed to simply just dowsing using charts. And so it incorporates biogeometry into it, it, sacred geometry, the law of one. And so that all goes into the time temple charts. And then we incorporate Chinese cosmology with the twin flame within protocol. And so we've developed all these new protocols 
And again, this is another reason why we did the expansion of the book, because there's all these new protocols that we do now, many of which we have created ourselves, because we're always learning, we're always expanding. And this goes true for every practitioner out there. If you are doing the same thing you were doing 10 years ago when you opened up your practice, then you're doing something wrong because it's a journey of self-discovery. Your clients are your mirror, your clients are your opportunity to grow and expand. And so if you're not growing and expanding, then you're in the wrong job because this is that that's what this job is all about is to grow and expand. And this book is like step one is this is the, this is like the handbook that you pick up. You're like, I want to do this. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I need somebody to provide me with some practical advice to do so. So you uh, led into my next question, maybe already answered some of it. Um, but there are several different dowsing charts that you use, some of which have come from your past, some of which you and your wife created together. Can you just talk a little bit about each set of charts maybe and Absolutely. or specifically pick your favorite to talk about and what exactly a chart is and okay. how it's used? Well, a chart is basically simply a, a, a it's like a, a fan a circle or a fan on a piece of paper, or in some cases there, I have them on PVC for my larger charts. And what you do is you hold your pendulum over the center point and you ask, what are you trying to tell me? And then the, the, when you're connected and you've got your pendulum properly aligned, it's going to swing towards one of those quadrants on the chart. And then you simply take notes and you, take as many notes as you can on as many charts as you can until a pattern emerges. And then you take the knowledge that comes with the charts because every chart comes with some kind of cipher or interpretation that goes along with it. You do a lot of reading and then you make your assumptions and interpretations. You're also going to get channeled messages. You're going to get words. You're going to get feelings that are going to kind of bring it all together. So the first chart set of charts I learned how to use were the spiritual response therapy charts. Those were developed by Robert Detzler. There were a series of 32 charts with many protocols and sub protocols with it. It's a complicated system. If you want to learn how to do spiritual response therapy, there are books out there written by Robert Detzler that are okay. They're, they're good primers. But if you really want to learn how to do it, you have to learn from a, a certified teacher and there are many, many out there through the Spiritual Response Association. It is a six-day training just to get the basics for, of this chart system. It's a complicated chart, chart system. And then afterwards, there are many works and uh, articles that Robert wrote through the years. He passed away in 2013. It's a wonderful system that is great at getting to the root of whatever it is that you are trying to hide from yourself. So that way you can address that and clear it. These, the time temple charts were developed my, by my wife, Nina, and I. And that is a four chart system that uses the visible light spectrum 
And actually, we've just incorporated the non-visible light spectrum, which is really, really cool stuff. And what that's designed to do is to inform you where you are in your timeline at this moment. What are you, what are you facing right now in this timeline? And what is your high self trying to tell you? So the great thing about the time temple charts is it not only tells you where you are, it also tells you what you need to be paying attention to. We also have the twin flame within restructuring protocol that is based off of uh, Chinese cosmology as interpreted by Mickey Osanke, who is an esoteric acupuncturist. And we also have something called the Ascension Charts, which is still a work in progress, but extremely helpful. And that's all about what constructs are we bringing into our consciousness awareness. I also have two other charts that I use. I use a chakra clearing and balancing chart and a emotional scale chart. And these aren't really mine. These are just two books that I read and I thought were really, really cool and very, very helpful. The first one was The Complete Book of Chakra Healing by Cindy Dale. And it's a comprehensive book about not only the seven chakras, but all of its energy centers. So we made a chart out of it. And it's extremely helpful. The other one is the Abraham Hicks Emotional Scale Chart, which is based off of uh, the Abraham Hicks book, Ask and It Is Given. And it's a emotional scale. Uh, where are you within your deliberate creation journey? And again, it's not mine, but it's something that I put into a chart. And that's a great piece of advice for anybody out there who wants to get into this and wants to start developing their own protocols. So if there's anything out there that you've read or any system that you've read that really, really speaks to you and you understand very well, you can turn it into a chart. So anything can be turned into a chart. Another chart idea you can use is by dowsing a book. All right, you're looking for an answer. What, is it on a book on my bookcase? Okay, where is it? And then you get the, the pendulum to guide you to a book and then have it guide you to a page number. You read the page and there's your answer. It's a remarkably accurate and almost creepy accurate way of finding answers that you're looking for that is guided by high self. And so anybody can do this. If you know how to do basic dowsing, you can find the answers that you're looking for just by objects or books in your house. That's great advice. One of the things that stuck out to me when I was reading uh, your book was had to do with clearing programs and blocks from your soul record. That's part of what you go into the Akashic dowsing or Akashic records to find, right? You're, you're looking for why are you having blocks on this path? And is it from a past life or is it just something I'm learning here on this plane? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it spiritual? And the dowsing kind of helps you figure out what, where the issues are and bring them to light so you can clear them. And one thing that came that you mentioned in the book is um, about vows and people being on having a partnership or having a marriage and then someone's on a spiritual path, maybe the other person isn't and what, you know, issues that come up and how you can kind of work through some of those things. 
But the vow piece uh, specifically, I see in my practice a lot too, when I do emotional clearing work with people. So I thought you just might want to address, address that because I think people have a lot of wounds from vows that have been broken, whether they chose to break them or someone else chose to break them um, and how that can affect the path that they're on and what somebody might do to clear something like that. Excellent question. Okay, so first of all, we need to break down what is a vow. A vow is a promise. It's a promise that you make to another person that uh, this could be a marriage vow. This could be a vow to, I'm going to take out the garbage every Monday at 7 a.m. So that way the garbage men get it. These are promises that you make to yourself that help you navigate your world. The problem is with vows is they become very rigid in our construct. It becomes a construct. And the problem with constructs is that they are restrictive to our consciousness expansion. They prevent us from expanding consciously. So especially when it comes to something like a marriage vow, because marriage vows are supposed to be forever. You're vowing that I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. I will forsake all others and whatever. Well, not everybody follows those marriage vows and for a good reason. And the reason is people change, people grow, people make mistakes. And so we need to look at that vow less as something that is rigid and that cannot be changed under any circumstances and adjust it to this is a promise that may or may not hold me back with my consciousness development. Because when we're doing consciousness work, everything's on the table. Everything that you ever thought that you believed in, everything that you wanted to work on in your life, everything's on the table. Everything can be cleared. Because to be truly clear, you need to rid yourself of your constructs so that way you can understand what it is to be part of source, to be connected to source. And if we allow things get in the way, like religious vows, and because, you know, we're not just talking about vows to relationships, we're also talking vows to a religion, vows to a family, vows to a career. These are all promises that you've made that at the time they seemed like a good idea. But over time, we grow. Everything needs to be able to evolve and change over time. This can be very detrimental in families, especially people who are married. If one person is saying, my life is not what I want it to be right now. I'm unhappy and I'm feeling restricted. Well, then it's time to break that vow in order to get you to that next level. Now, hopefully you've got a good relationship, a good friendship with your partner and you can talk about it because if one partner wants to go and expand consciously and the other one doesn't, that relationship's over. Um, if somebody wants to stay doing the same thing that they've always done and they're perfectly happy doing that, that's great, that's a choice. But if you make a different choice, there's no relationship there anymore. Now there needs to be a negotiation about how we're going to end this congenially so that we don't hate each other. And again, you can 
end relationships too with love and joy. You don't necessarily have to break it with a sledgehammer. Sometimes the solution is one person that might be unaware uh, that there even is a spiritual path is, is brought up by the other person and then they're able to work together and grow, grow together. And then another thing you mentioned too, is like, if let's say the relationship ended a while ago and they're now in relationship number two or three, and they're still repeating old patterns, it can be because they are still having um, some type of negative energy draw from this old broken vow from years ago that they never fully resolved in their subconscious. So there's a lot, a lot to it that you brought up. Absolutely. Because a broken vow can haunt you for the rest of your life if you let it. And then, yeah, and that'll taint every, every future relationship that you have, because part of you is always going to feel as if you are doing something wrong. And if you're doing and if you feel like you're always doing something wrong, even when you're in another relationship, you know, um, I had a, um, a client some time ago, they got divorced like 20 some odd years ago. The, the man moved on. He got remarried. He got, you know, he had a, he had a life and, you know, he was fine. The woman refused to even date anyone else because they felt they, the vow was so strong. Oh no. If I, if I even date someone else, I'm cheating on my husband. And you know, the bottom line, you got divorced, you know, the the papers were signed. It's over (laughs) and he's moved on. You needed to move on too. If you, don't move on, then you're put yourself in a very, very small box. And where are you going to find joy in a very, very small box? Uh, Another thing you brought up too, um, I know we're kind of running out of time, but there's a couple of things I just want to touch on real quick. I was surprised to see that you kind of went back and wrote in Uh, a little bit about some of the trauma that we've experienced over the last couple of years with COVID and some of the breakdown in families. And I thought that was interesting that you chose to to add that into the book. And it's been such an important piece of what's gone on in our societies around the world. Mm -hmm. It's probably touched every single family in some sort of way. And as a practitioner, it can be very frustrating when whether it's a health issue that you're trying to help a family member with, whether it's a political disagreement and you kind of bring all of this up and then put a little bit of the Akashic explanation in there that uh, these can be karmic issues that have maybe gone on generationally that are still affecting your family. And you are able to, I think, help the practitioner see that, you can be objective. It's harder to be objective with your family. And there are ways that you can still help resolve some of this conflict stuff in maybe not such a direct way, whether that's finding another practitioner um, or, you know, through, through the dowsing really. So I thought you might just have some insights as to how, why did that come up? Why did you decide to put that in the book? I guess is my question. I I made it, I made a choice to put that in the book because I felt that COVID is uh, the whole pandemic and all the energy surrounding it. It was an, is a watershed moment in human development. It really brings to light the breaking down of 
are constructs because before COVID, there were a lot of families out there who they may have had their disagreements, but you know, when it came to getting together for the holidays or, you know, some subjects over the dinner table were forbidden or whatever, but, you know, for the most part, people could still just lay those differences aside and have a good time with their families. Post-COVID, that is extremely hard to do because unless everybody in your family is absolutely on the same page when it comes to politics, when it comes to all this division energy out there, those get-togethers are extremely troubling and they can be very contentious to the point where family members are no longer welcome in other family members' households. But I see this actually as a good thing rather than a bad thing because it forces us to really examine our constructs. What is truly important to us in our consciousness expansion at the moment? If our goal here is to expand consciously and everything is on the table, everything we've ever believed in, in every single incarnation that we've ever had, trying to figure out what is the connection to pure love, what is the connection to our self-healing ability, and what is not, we discover that 99% of the things that we hold on to is not part of pure love. It's not part of that healing space. And so what's left is our own, how we deal with ourselves, who we are, that that journey of self-discovery. And Families are great, but they also are an inhibiting factor in that because our families expect us to behave in a certain way based on their constructs, which are all illusion, every single one of them. And what the pandemic did was it brought all of that to light in stark technicolor. So the reason why I put all of that into the book is because Again, my, I feel as though my target market are people who are seeking. People are maybe feeling a little out of time, out of place. And I wanted to kind of demonstrate, I hear you. I understand you. I am experiencing this. I experienced this in my own family. I'm experiencing this in every one of my clients. Every client that I have has had some kind of breakdown when it comes to what they believed before to what they believe now. And again, it's a good thing. And the reason why it's a good thing is it really forces us to understand and really examine what is truly important in our lives. So that way we can grow consciously and understand what it is to be connected to source energy rather than trying to artificially create it through the constructs of the physical existence. Yes. And you break it down um, very simply in the book, I think, uh, to just a matter of, are you living in love or are you living in fear? Are you looking at this opportunity as a chance for all of us to come together and elevate our consciousness and become, move closer to source? Or are we going, are we bringing down our vibration or letting others bring down our vibration? And are we going to now live in a place of 
fear and scarcity and all of that. And I think that that is really um, the case for most of our situations in our life, how we always have a choice and how we see it um, is how do we see the positive in this? How, you know, how do we elevate this situation, find the best in it, find the lesson in it, and then grow from, from that. And I'm not perfect. I have, uh, even though, and that's, and that's another reason why I channeled the work rather than coming at it from, Hey, I figured this out and this is what's in the book. I channel it because the, the channeling, the stuff that's coming from high self gives you clear instruction. Bill G does not give clear instruction because Bill G is still dealing with his crap. <laughs> I'm, I still deal with family drama. I still deal with money woes and, and feelings of scarcity and fear. It's, it's still there. I'm still working on it. But I also know that I need, that's something I need to let go because high self told, tells me I need to let that go. And every time I do, every time I let another piece of that go, I'm that much happier. True that. I hear you. <laughs> Let that go. So, Bill, I love your book. I think it's great. I'm going to recommend it to my clients that are interested in becoming energy healers or who are freshly on that path or are seeking just for their own personal exploration and growth. Um, and even if you've been a practitioner for a decade, uh, there's a lot of great information in this book uh, that is just very clear and um, it's great reading. So I, I highly recommend it to those that are listening. And if you could tell us, Bill, um, let's just say somebody uh, does not want to become a practitioner. They're not interested in um, dowsing for themselves yet, but they do want some answers and they just want to book a session with you because you are amazing um, at what you do. How can they get a hold of you and how can they book a session? What does that look like? All you have to do is you need to go to my website, which is vitalbioenergetics.com. And to book a free 30-minute consult, you just go to vitalbioenergetics.com slash book online. And from there, you can book a session at your leisure. There are lots of time slots available for you. And if you are interested in actually booking an actual session with me, these sessions take about an hour. They're $80 an hour. And again, I'm trying to keep my prices the way they are because I understand things are expensive these days. And so I, I've been keeping my prices as low as I possibly can in order to facilitate people as much as possible. And uh, one thing that uh, you can also expect from a session from me is I do my very best to uh, not create a codependent relationship with my clients in the sense that I will work with you for as long as you need me to, but my primary goal is for you to be able to do this work on your own. And so it gives me nothing but the greatest joy when you don't need me anymore. So understand that when you come and see me, we are going to be on a path for your independence and your freedom. And that is my number one goal for you. And I want to make sure you understand that before you even get started. So if you're just looking for someone to a shoulder to cry on, that's not the kind of work that I do. There are plenty of other people who can do that. Um, I'm, you come to me because you're ready to do the work and you really want to have a better life existence or, or 
be able to manifest a, a more joyous life. And so I can help you do that. Where you have some other books that I have not read yet. So can you just tell us what your other books are and where we can find all of your material? Well, you can find all the books on Amazon. You, all you need to do is look up my name, William G, and then put in the title of the book. You'll be able to find it just easily. So uh, the other two books that I have on there, actually I have three books on there. Conscious Conduit, A User's Guide to Ascension. That's the first edition of this book, the 2018 one. Uh, you can still get that at, at amazon.com. And you can also get Spirit Path Book of Days, Volume 1, and Spirit Path Book of Days, Volume 2. Both of those books are available on Amazon. Those are a, um, a collection of channeled essays that I, again, I would sit down and there I would have a blank slate. I would say, okay, Spirit, what am I writing about today? <laughs> and so it would guide me to some various charts and Sometimes the charts would be very cryptic. Other times they'd be very clear. And then I would channel it. Then I would edit it. And then it ended up on my blog for a while And when I was doing a blog. So these two volumes are basically my blogs put into book form. And uh, now, you, now you can only get them on, on the, in the book. Okay. And you, um, you have your podcast, High Vibes Podcast, which we're on right now. How does somebody find your podcast? Uh, to find the podcast, hopefully, if you've clicked on this podcast from Facebook or whatever, understand that you can also follow the podcast so that way you never miss an episode. If you go to iHeartRadio, you can also get me on Spotify and you can get us on Podbean. So those are actually the three major ways to get it. There are other ways too. Um, we're all also on other formats as well, but those are the most common ones. I recently uh, signed up for iHeartRadio myself and I decided to follow myself and it gives you this wonderful reminder every time a new episode airs. So that way you just have to click on it from your, on your smartphone and you get to listen to the latest episode. Excellent. Okay. And this is my last question. If somebody is thinking right now, I want to learn how to use these time temple charts. They sound really cool. I would love to take a class from this guy and you know, start working into uh, being a practitioner or just adding another tool to my existing practitioner kit. Um, I know you have some classes. Do you have one upcoming or how can somebody take a course with you on the time temple charts? Yes. For the time temple charts, though, that one I am currently offering as a three-day intensive. I'm doing them right now as a one-on-one -on -one mentorship program. So when you do, when you contact me, you send me an email saying, I want to set up a one-on-one -on -one mentorship with you. It would be you and me, and we would be going through the various charts of the time temple. It would take approximately 15 hours to get through the entire system. It is fairly complicated, but it's a awesome tool. And uh, several people have taken it and they report back to me that they are finding that they're the most comprehensive or excellent tool that can also be incorporated into other chart systems as well. You can actually use the time temple in cooperation with other chart systems and it doesn't seem to block. It. In fact, it enhances it and make it even stronger. All of my workshops, I schedule workshops too. I do in-person workshops and I also do online workshops. If you go to the website, vitalbioenergetics.com and you click on the workshops tab, 
you'll see what is coming up. There's a schedule. Feel free to sign up for any of the live workshops that are coming up. And if you really want to go into a workshop and nothing is scheduled, please email me. I will put you on my list to inform you or we'll set something up one-on-one. -on -one. All right. Thanks so much, Bill, for being a guest on your own show, the High Vibes Podcast. Uh, it's been great to be here with you. I'm Jamie Westrom. Uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please go to www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.